Hello and welcome to Talking Events, the industry podcast brought to you by Event Industry News. Joining the podcast today, we welcome Alex Patrick Quinn, who is the founder and CEO of Event Geek. Um, joining us on the line from Boston, Massachusetts, Alex, good morning to you. Good morning, James. Um, thanks for joining the podcast. Let's get straight into it. Tell us exactly what Event Geek is, how it started, and what it brings to event organizers. Sure, absolutely. So Event Geek is project management and analytics software for events. We help companies like Uber and Okta get more sign-up sales and manage hundreds of events per year. Um, my background was actually in digital marketing until a couple of years ago when I got a new job and started doing a lot more event planning. And the first thing I did uh, to try and manage about 50 events per year was to try and uh, find a software tool to help me with all of that. Uh, and it was pretty difficult. I couldn't really find any project management tools that were set up specifically for events. So um, we started to ask a lot of other uh, event planners what they used and they said we've been looking for something like this for years so a little light bulb went off and that was over a year ago is when we started to talk to lots of event planners and, mm -hmm. and starting to build product we've adapted project management tools for real world live events and it turns out uh, there's a pretty big need for it people really want to be able to see things like google maps and manage time zones in their planning software and that's just not possible if you're using a traditional project management tool. The other part of what we do is analytics. And this is really interesting from all of those folks who are trying to drive businesses forward with events. Everybody thinks about ROI differently for events. Some people think of it in terms of leads and sales. Others just want branding. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. we've built, yeah, we've built a really flexible platform that supports measuring ROI however you define it. Excellent. And why, why, why did you feel that there was a need to develop this? Um, did you have a, a light bulb moment? Was there a, a, a specific instance that you thought, hold on, this could just be reimagined a little bit differently? Yeah. Um, so about three years ago, I was working for a startup in San Francisco in the education space. And my background is really in digital marketing and really more online. Mm -hmm. So I got there and as a startup, everybody wore a lot of hats and they asked me to manage the event marketing. And we were doing about 50 events per year mm -hmm. at a million dollar budget. And very quickly it became <laughs> from, it went from my side job to my main job. Right. And I was completely overwhelmed by the logistics um, and all of the data analysis that we needed to do to understand what we were getting out of all of this investment into events. So I looked, the first thing I was look around for a team to hire and tools to manage all of these logistics. Sure. And the team was no problem, but there were really not any tools available. Uh, we tried using Trello and Asana, which are project management tools, kind of like Microsoft Project, but for you know, modern mobile web experiences. Sure. Neither of those really fit the domain. For example, there was no sense of location. Yeah. Google Maps. So um, we started to ask around other event planners what they used. And some of them have said to us, oh, well, we've been talking about something like this for years. So 
then a light bulb kind of went off and we said, well, why don't we start to build something just in-house for our own requirements? And then we started to share it with event planners at companies like Google and Envision. And that was a little over a year ago. Since then, we've been working very closely with a core group of, of corporate customers uh, and event organizers and building out a lot of features uh, that, um, that they really love. So that's, that's the, basically the story of how it started. And, and you mentioned that, that it was partly born out of your own experiences in, in putting together events and organizing them and, and wanting something that was just, you know, that, that little bit better than what was available. Um, as well as your own experiences, how much of an effort was made to speak to people in a similar position to you to find out what they wanted and to be able to incorporate any elements that they wanted into the finished product? Oh, yeah, a lot. A lot. So, you know, I work for a number of startups and that's always the most important thing is talking to customers. So we talked to over 150 event marketers, event planners before we wrote a single line of code. Excellent. And we learned a lot about the industry and about what uh, tools people use today and where the frustration points are. It's interesting because a lot of, I don't know of your own personal experiences, but um I have seen examples of, of, of event tech come to market from tech suppliers and guys who are undoubtedly skilled at what they do, but who perhaps don't have an actual background in events and may not have been aware of, of the actual um, difficulties that are faced by an event organizer. So they've created you know, a great product that, that, that is very fancy and is very sophisticated, but maybe not with the sense of compatibility with the real world issues that are faced, if you can understand what I'm saying there. Um, yeah. So this is clearly I, something that you, you, you've worked on to make sure that you're bringing to market a, a, a product that does actually have some synergy with the issues faced by organizers. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still working on it. I mean, we still, for us, the most important thing is talking to customers and understand what's working and really what's not working. Um, and so we're still learning and improving every day. And, um, yeah, I think that events are very interesting because no, you know, there's not a lot of, of software developers who plan events, mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's um, quite a bit different than planning a knowledge project or planning a software project. You know, kind of the joke about software development is like you start off building a project and then you end up building a project manager for your project. <laughs> so. Like almost every software developer has built a project management app, but um, virtually none of them have ever done it for a real live world event. Yeah. So oftentimes they think they know what it should do and how it should work, but they don't. Uh, so, and we, we definitely fall in, into that category. I mean, we are really technology folks. Um, the, the level of event planning that we have now among our customers is, you know, many, many times greater. The experience level is many, many times greater than what we individually have. So we really try to listen as much as possible to their feedback. I'm, I'm looking at, as we um, as we conduct this this episode. I'm looking at a quote on your uh, website from Chuck White at TechSite Summit. Um, and the quote says that Event Geek is the ultimate event project management tool. I can collaborate with my team on our pre-event checklist faster than ever, and it's delightful to use. When he says faster than ever, how how would an organizer 
communicate and, and, and check and collaborate with their team faster than ever? What allows them to do that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, so first and foremost, it's understanding what the tasks and the problems that the event planner has. And that's like, we were just talking about, like there's, there's so much information that gets passed along this domain. We need to really focus on what needs attention and bring that to prominence in the interface. So that's, that's most of it. Um, it's just getting the problem right. Uh, but then also, um, we're now, you know, we've had the web now for like 20 plus years. We have mobile now. We have so much technology that we can update a web page without having to refresh the page, for example. Yeah. Uh, submitting, you know, submitting a form is no longer about clicking a submit button. It's about changing that element that you want to change, having it transition into an edit mode and then clicking away from it and having it saved automatically. Yeah. Kind of like Google Docs. Um, so... So bringing that kind of modern web uh, technology into the, the event planning domain, uh, you know, we're we're definitely trying to do that, and um, and I think that you know our customers really appreciate it. When we when we look at the spectrum of what the event industry encompasses and the types of event that would fall under, you know, the the, the term event, if that makes sense, um, I've often asked this question, but how does how does one platform help any type of event organizer and how flexible is the platform to be able to cope with something like a uh, a trade show uh, a seminar a conference right through to um an exclusive launch party at a nightclub is is it compatible yeah. on a number of different levels yeah absolutely yeah that's something we think about a lot is how do we create a horizontal solution something that isn't just for trade show exhibitors or isn't just for nightclub venues um, and that, um, you know, that, that requires a lot of extra effort to understand what, what's the kind of common denominators. Mm -hmm. Um, so for example, um, right now, you know, most event software thinks about event planners and attendees and most event software is about publishing a website and selling tickets. Yeah. Event Geek doesn't actually do either of those. So you can't sell tickets through EventGeek, you can't publish an event website. For us, it's, it's really about the teams behind the scenes because every event does have a, a, at least a lead, one lead planner and typically probably like a core group of three to four planners plus a really extended network of collaborators. Um, and we see certain trends across different event types and, and roles. Uh, we think about three main categories for event professionals. There's corporate or kind of sponsors and exhibitors mm -hmm. in the first category. And then there's the planners, the organizers. Uh, maybe they work at a company or maybe they're freelance. And then, then there's the agency as well. Um, and that's kind of how we break down the, the three uh, categories, corporate, plan, uh, organizer, and, and agency. Uh, and there are some differences there. Uh, in terms of um, how they they want to pay for the software, how they want to um, how they want to kind of engage it on an ongoing basis uh, versus on a per event basis, but uh, but the the main activities are really the same. The kind of the logistics that needs to be taken care of behind the scenes are all the same across these groups. You know, you need a, a location. You typically have a group of collaborator, collaborators that you're working with who need um, 
to be able to e really easily access the information that you're publishing. So if you're publishing an event schedule, for example, we try to make that available on print, mobile, on web without requiring any kind of sign up, without kind of, kind of login, getting okay. it directly to the collaborator's inbox. Uh, and those are the sorts of um, common denominators that are very common across all um, event planning categories. Um, is being in the background important? Was it important? Um, and by that, I mean, I've, I've seen other event management platforms be able to also offer front-end access as well. So the actual visitors or the delegates or the guests would also be able to interact with that platform either by allowing it for you to, to develop a web page or buy tickets for an event. Um, was it a very conscious decision that you would not take EventGeek to be a customer-facing um, interface and that it would be purely for back-end use? Yeah, it's, and it's a difficult decision. We get asked a lot to create websites for companies to enable folks to just take RSVPs. But our focus is really on the collaboration behind the scenes. It's such a hard problem as is um, that, and, and we feel like it's, it's very under, under addressed. Um, there's almost too many tools out there to sell tickets, but there's nothing to manage your team. So, um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult decision, but it, we're kind of trying to stick by it. Um, we think that, it, you know, Ultimately, like this is this is a larger opportunity, even if there's kind of more short term education that we have to do around what what does it mean to be a project management platform just for events? Mm -hmm. What um, how has it been received so far and how have you adapted the initial versions of EventGeek um, to, to actually uh, move forward and. Um, morph with the feedback that you've been able to garner from users so far? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So uh, so far, it's been great. We, we've been really lucky in, in engaging some very, very smart event planners and, and marketers to help us build the product early on. And we just launched a few weeks ago. And since then, we've gotten a ton of great feedback as well. Um, an example of how the product has evolved. Uh, when we first launched it, we had basically just teams and, and team members. Um, and, you know, you would go through the steps of inviting a team member and then they would get an email and then they would sign up and then mm -hmm. they would be able to start collaborating you. So it was this multi-step process that had a little bit of friction to it, but it really made sure that, you know, your, your team member was fully opted in and that there was kind of the appropriate level of permissions um, all around. What we, found was going along that like a lot of people were simply like too busy to accept an invitation email or th their collaboration was really for one off. It was just for one event sure. or it was within one event, a larger event where they just had some small part of the event. So um, we really got sophisticated around this concept of loose knit collaboration. So and we kind of removed that whole onboarding flow. So now if you have something that you want uh, someone to do, you can create kind of a stub for them or a role for them inside of EventGeek, and then you can assign it to them, and they can get an email with all the information they need, and they can collaborate with you just through their own email inbox. So they don't need to sign up or sign in or anything to get the information that you need to you. Um, so this is this is like I think a pretty big step for project management in general. Um, 
is getting out of the actual app and and staying with within the inbox. Um, and we we have lots of features like this for Lucid collaboration now. So we're really trying to think about um, the Event Geek is more of almost a publishing platform where the core event planners are getting the information to their collaborators in the right format with minimum um, friction for the, the collaborators since they probably have their own full-time jobs and this is just something that's part of what they do. Um, I, I'm interested to ask um, in terms of the when it comes to the event itself, um, if we think back maybe 10 to 15 years, when event organizers were still using lots of different files, they would be using computers, but they would be using Excel spreadsheets and they would be using, you know, email in its basic sense. And they would have maybe Word documents with checklists on there. Um, when it comes to the actual event itself, what they would then have to do is physically bring tons and tons of hardware to set up temporary computer terminal stations and stuff to actually check all of that. Do you even have to consider now the hardware element of this? Or is it just assumed that everyone will basically have a laptop and they'll just be able to hook up to a data connection at some point? Does, does, is there any at any point do you have to consider how people are actually going to access something like EventGeek during the event itself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so I think it's gone from hardware to Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So I think now the question is, like, can we rely on there being Wi-Fi in the expo hall at the hotel? Maybe it's exorbitantly priced and we don't have the budget for it. So, um, yeah, so we need to make accessibility a, a primary factor because events are, you know, really, um, you, you know, it's almost like an extreme environment where you're not sure if you're going to have Wi-Fi. So we kind of assume everybody has a phone we, and we do work on phones, yeah. um, but you might not have a signal inside of a hotel, for example. And so we, we make as much of the app uh, available um, without a Wi-Fi connection required. And then also we have printing options. So I think like, you know, printing is, is kind of this is really double edged sword because on one hand, it's the most accessible way to get information. But on the other hand, it's the least adaptable. Once it's printed, it's, it's obviously very, you know, difficult yeah, to edit or, yeah. Yeah, in any collaborative way. So we do offer printing um, because, you know, not everybody has Wi-Fi access everywhere. Um, but yeah, we're, one day we're looking forward to, to being able to just do um, mobile and, and, and Wi-Fi. I suppose you have to accept as well that there, are still, there will still be plenty of event organizers that you will deal with, no doubt, and that are listening to this podcast who, despite the accessibility of, of platforms like EventGeek and the way that they will ultimately make their lives easier, there will still come a point where they like to print off a checklist, put it on a clipboard or put it on a desk and actually scrub a line through it with a marker pen to, to, to highlight the fact that they've achieved that. So uh, is, is there also this acceptance that regardless of how sophisticated you ever make the platform, there are still some elements that people would like to use in their simplest form. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. And I think also if you're traveling, like you really don't know, you know, one of the things we do is, tra is travel planning. We incorporate that. So if you have staff or an executive that's going to an event and you want to print off an itinerary that includes the event information and what they're in charge of, yeah, you can do that. Um, yeah. And I, th I think, I think there will always be this like, print out that people want to be able to hand to someone and to, you know, 
have an executive be able to hold it in their hand and, and put it in a pocket. Um, and that's, that's, that's fine with us. I mean, we try to make our printouts really beautiful and you can upload your logo and brand them. So. Excellent. Well, when, um, I'm curious to know how much, um, interaction and how much contact you have with, with peers in this particular sector, with other, um, event management, uh, software providers or app providers, have you been able to engage on any level with, with other suppliers doing stuff that w- w- would at first glance be similar to what event geek does and find out what they're doing and, and how approachable are they about, uh, about you talking to them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we haven't really found anyone that's doing what we're doing. Uh, everyone we've talked to has been great and it, we've had a lot of great conversations and we've started to do integrations with registration providers like Envite and Eventbrite, mm-hmm. um, where we, so, you know, part of what we do is the ROI. We've been talking a lot about, um, about project management, but EventGeek also has an ROI platform where you can plug in any data source right. and you can look at what you're delivering in terms of results from your event investment. And that varies by company to company. Some companies consider, uh, tickets sold revenue from tickets, attendees as, a ROI metric. And for those companies will integrate with their registration system. So like an Eventbrite or an invite. Um, and yeah, those are relationships we're starting to expand. Um, and we found that, that it's been really great conversations. Uh, you know, one of the advantages we have of working exclusively with the teams behind the scenes is that we don't really represent a competitive threat to those companies. Mm-hmm. We actually increase their value of their offerings. Because we can create a, a dashboard which puts their registration data or uh, um, ticket sales data, for example, into context with their CRM or with their social or with, with whatever metrics uh, the, the uh, client cares about. And so now they're, um, they're able to really connect the dots between what they offer in terms of registration and ROI. Uh, and so they, they really appreciate that value add. How varied is the um, the ease with which you can actually integrate EventGeek with some of these other app, uh, platforms? Do, it, it, does, does it differ from platform to platform? Or generally speaking, do you find that most other providers of any sort of event-related platform now build in from day one a, a level of integration on the understanding that other services may need to, to, to work with them? Yeah, I, w- I would say that almost all of the mature companies at this point have APIs where we can tap into. We also have a custom API ourselves. So if you know we've worked with in-house systems where they're not set up to, to, to distribute data, and we're able to get that through our, our API, which is a right API. So um, and you know, and for the most popular apps like Eventbrite and Salesforce, it's a turnkey integration. It's really just a matter of authenticating, and then you select what events you want to pull data from. Um, and then we build the dashboard automatically. So, uh, that, that goes really quickly. And then if they have some other, um, in-house system, um, it's, it's not too bad because, you know, we've built the API to be really flexible, to be able to accept any kind of data type. So writing to the API becomes just a question of like, okay, how do we want it to look versus how do we want it to work? 
when when you look at, at the wider market have you just had is your experience thus far within the the US and the North American markets or have you had contact with organizers in, in Europe in the Middle East and the Far East at all um, to find out how they're doing things differently or whether or not event geek is going to be applicable to the processes that are in place in other parts of the world yeah um, we're starting to talk to, to more companies in Europe uh, in Asia Singapore um, and yeah I think I think there's a lot of commonalities um, so we're, yeah, we're starting to have those conversations now. I guess part of this podcast, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's um, it's definitely part of our our, our uh, plan for the future is to to reach out internationally. Well, I, I think that the very nature of, of 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 the tech industry as a whole, but then when you look at it, 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 it as as event tech, um, we're speaking to more and more American companies who are seeking to engage with with event organizers and other companies and operations over in, in the UK and Europe, as I said, in the Middle East, in the Far East, in, in, in Southeast Asia and Pacific. And the reality is now that with, with platforms like Event Geek, we're not tied in as event professionals or event organizers to necessarily a provider that is even within our own locality. You know, I, I would guess that somebody in the UK seeking a really good event management platform could use event geek just as easily as they could a, a, a uk provider oh yeah definitely i mean we have right now we have customers all around the world um and we have support for customers all 24 7 um and yeah absolutely i mean that's that's the great thing about the internet is you know you don't you don't need to be um in the same place as um a service provider to take advantage of, of what they offer how are things being developed at the moment? Have you got stuff that, that, that you are working on at the moment? Are we likely to see any changes to, 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 to Event Geek and, and event, uh, any of the, the uh, functions that it offers in the near future? Yeah. Um, so very soon we have coming out um, tools to manage schedules. So um, right now you can set up like a basic schedule for an event and Event Geek, but we know event planners are out there spending a lot of time in Word, Microsoft Word and Google Docs creating like a timeline on the left and then agenda items with details on the right mm -hmm. uh, and printing those off. Uh, and that's something I personally had to do as well a few years ago as an event organizer. Uh, and I remember, you know, going to change one time, I would have to go back and like change all the other times. That's the kind of simple operation that we can do with software, make it much more efficient to produce those uh, hour by hour, minute by minute event schedules, and then comparing different schedules across um, a grid and, and being able to to drop in or, or zoom out of um, the whole event in terms of the timing of the activities. That's a feature we've got coming out really soon. Actually, it's in beta right now with a couple of customers. Mm -hmm. okay. um, yeah, and we have a lot more planned too. That's um, it's really just the start. Um, we st so we think about events as um, having um, six or seven main components. So there's um, venues, vendors, printing, shipping, travel, budgets, and ROI. Uh, and we have now features for managing all six or seven of those components, but we're improving them you know, um, a lot over the next few weeks. The budgeting tool, for example, is getting a big update. You'll be able to look at your uh, plan versus actual for events an individual event or a whole portfolio amazing and and if, and if people want to 
stay abreast of the developments, find out more about the services services that you guys offer. Um, how can they find out more about it and where should they go? Uh, eventgeek.com, um, sign up. We do have a free trial and we also have a newsletter uh, at eventgeek.com slash blog or Twitter, twitter.com slash eventgeek. Fantastic. So any, anybody listening to the podcast today, get in touch with uh, with Alex and the guys over at eventgeek, find out a little bit more about it. I think the beauty of... of the burgeoning and the, the rapidly developing event tech market is that for the most part, I found it to be really, really approachable and really the best way to find out about it for anyone listening there who's either confused or maybe doesn't quite know as much as they would like to know about any of these particular subjects. All of the companies that I've spoken to and, and all of the experience that I've had suggest that these guys are really approachable and, and go and reach out to them and go and get in touch with them and find out more. Um, Alex Patrick Quinn, um, founder and CEO of Event Geek, thank you very much for joining Talking Events today. Thank you, James. Really enjoyed it. Um, all the way from, from Boston, Massachusetts, over on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, but by the and with the joy of technology in the Talking Events <laughs> studio today. Um, hope to catch up with you one day, if ever you are over in the UK. Feel free to uh, to get in touch with us. We'd love to get you in the studio face-to-face um, uh, with some of our other, other guests. Um, but for the time being, we're going to wrap up for today's episode. Thanks once again to Alex over at Event Geek. My name is James Dixon, and you've been listening to Talking Events. <laughs> <laughs>